0: Welcome back to WitGift Conversations, the podcast where we talk to staff and pupils about topics that are relevant to you. Now, today I'm talking to Clemens Kramer, head of basketball at Whitgift, because this is one of the fastest growing sports at school. Their fixtures have increased from only 23 games 10 years ago to an unbelievable 143 matches just last season. Over 200 boys are currently involved in basketball and they compete at the highest level, holding their own against some of the renowned basketball schools and even academies. Clemens has been at the school for 11 years and we talk about why it's good for the boys to be involved in basketball, we talk about the fixtures, differences between UK and US schools, what some of the OWs are doing right now and much much more. So let's not waste any more time but instead come with me and join in this conversation with head of basketball at Whitgift, it's
1: Clemens Kramer.
0: Clemens Kramer, thank you for joining us
1: on this episode of the podcast. How are you doing today? I'm doing very well, thank you very much. How are you today?
0: Yeah, very good indeed, thanks. Very good. And I appreciate you being here. We're recording this on a Friday morning. And uh, in fact, just before we hit the recording button, you mentioned that you've been playing basketball this morning, which sounds very suitable for this podcast recording. What time were you playing then?
1: So we have morning sessions for all different age groups from Monday to Friday, 7am, which means obviously I have to wake up a little bit early just to make sure we get... The sports hall access uh, when it's available, and that usually is at seven o'clock. And yeah, a lot of kids are there, so it was always a, it's always an intense start into the morning, but always very rewarding and uh, a nice way to start the day properly.
0: That's impressive then to know that that some of the boys are there at seven o'clock in the morning playing basketball. Adults tend to have this impression that teenage children, in particular tend to lounge in bed all day, but that's not what you're seeing then, I guess.
1: Not in this case. And I would also say when I was a teenager, I would be very, very happy to sleep in. But at the same time, it's just now seeing it in retrospective, it's kind of like a nice way to know you know you've done something you've you've been productive already in the morning and uh, actually that's a perfect time to thank all the parents out there because this morning for example it was an under 14 group which means they usually don't make their own way to school at this time so it takes a lot of effort to wake them up early drive them to school etc so that's a really well done to everyone including the parents to make that happen and we got really really great numbers we had about 25 this morning just for one age group so yeah it works and um, somehow they manage to to be productive and actually play well at this time of the day.
0: Love that. Good shout out to the parents. Always good to do that. Clemens, uh, you mentioned about when you were a teenager. Tell me where you grew up.
1: So I'm Austrian, which means I speak German. So obviously some of the listeners have definitely detected a bit of an accent there. And um, there might also be some confusion because I'm sure some words are pronounced them in an American way because that's how I grew up learning the language. And then obviously since I've been here for 10, 11 years now, the, the British comes in. I still struggle daily with the question of do I say see you later or see you later. Uh, it just comes out randomly uh, one way or the other. And uh, yeah, grew up in Austria and uh, moved to London about 10, 11 years ago now. Uh, but I studied there. My whole family, most of my friends are there as well. So uh, still... That's still home to me.
0: Well, no complaints at all from me about your English because certainly your English is way better than my German, for sure. So uh, (laughs) I've got no problem at all with however you're speaking. Clemens, tell me a bit about how you got into basketball in the first place.
1: It's a bit of a funny one because I used to play football in Austria. It's just a small town. Well, maybe not even a town, 7,000 people. So if you wanted to see your friends, you had to play football, really. That's just the way it, it went. And my mom at some point kind of forced me into basketball, uh, as, as silly as it sounds, because my dad and my granddad were both really good footballers and I loved it when I was young, but I realized I wasn't very good at it at all. I think I scored one goal in about five years. Oh, okay. And then my mom at some point said, why don't you try basketball? Because football is so heavy on your legs, you know, injuries and the knee issues, etc." So she kind of, uh, it made sense when I was young to kind of do something with my hands to kind of balance it out thinking about the knee injuries she wanted me to avoid, it's actually the opposite and it makes no sense anymore to switch from um, an outdoor sport to an indoor sport because it's uh, even more pressure on your on your ligaments but at mm. the same time it worked out perfectly because i realized actually i'm quite good at it and i enjoyed it and just developed a passion for it
0: okay so what brought you to Whitgift in the first place then i mean was it coming across to the uk and then discovering Whitgift, or did you come across to the uk because of Whitgift?
1: in my case specifically because of Whitgift. uh also kind of funny coincidence because my dad when he played football in austria he got to know this person who's teaching in England. Uh, His name is Karl Gross and he used to be the head of German here at the school. He's left school now. He kind of just asked around and wanted to know if anyone knows someone uh, suitable for a German language assistant. And uh, I randomly uh, found out about it. Always wanted to study abroad with university. Never happened because I played basketball in Austria semi-professionally. So that kind of held me back. And then I thought, perfect, I'll do one year abroad. Just have a look at Whitgift and uh, came here actually as a language assistant, it had nothing to do with basketball to begin with and fell in love with the place really and the whole program and then slowly got more and more involved in basketball, took over from the previous head of basketball, which was actually also the head of science, Paul Elliott. Um, he just kind of did it on a, on a recreational basis uh, on the side really. And then, yeah, got more and more um, involved in it and slowly Developed into a proper program.
0: Okay, so now you're head of basketball. Tell me actually how basketball looks at WickGift. Let's just imagine that I'm a, a parent, I don't know anything at all about WickGift, and I'm interested in maybe sending my child to WickGift. Because they are, well, not because they are interested in basketball, but they are interested in basketball. So I'm quite keen to know what basketball looks like at school.
1: Yeah, so we start quite uh, at a young age now, which has changed from previous years. So we have sessions for under 12s, for example, at lunchtime in this case, or under 13, under 14, depending on what uh, year they join the school in. And we offer at least a weekly session. So it could be an under 12 training Wednesday lunchtime, for one hour or the under 13s train twice uh, in the morning. And then from year nine onwards, you have also your year nine, year year 10, year 11 games period, the double lesson where they can also do basketball. So it's a lot of uh, training sessions that they can choose from. There obviously always clashes with other sports. And then you also have your after-school fixtures against other schools, which usually happen midweek rather than our core sports, uh, which take place on the weekends so that doesn't really clash with a lot of other sports which is good as well so they can do both if they decide to so there's no pressure to do just one sport in that sense and we just offer it as a one in one way for the all the young kids beginners who just wanted to do it in a recreational way as a club who want to enjoy a different sport or just give it a try but Mm -hmm. also the ones who are really good we have players playing for very strong clubs uh... we used to have two former england players going to whitgift as well so We go from all the way uh, beginners to the other end where we really take care of you know, the best players uh, in the area and try to push them as well. So it goes both ways with participation and success.
0: Wow, that's awesome. That really is. That, I mean, that, that's incredible, that, that range of, you know, from beginner right up to that level. Um, but some people tend to think that basketball is only for people who are very tall. Is is that the case at all? Or is, is there a space for basketball if you're not quite so tall?
1: Yes, 100%. So, of course, there are certain advantages, but also disadvantages when you're very tall. Um, We have a lot of uh, relatively short kids, if you want to say it that way, um, who, you know, haven't really grown yet or are just uh, not as tall as the others, which is 100% fine because they have other skill sets and they have other positions that they play where it actually makes so much more sense to be fast and more uh, mobile and um, it kind of helps them in in that sense as well. And for me, for example, I'm 6'2". I always found it more difficult to play against shorter players because they were always much faster than me uh, and they could dribble uh, lower so it was more difficult to take the ball off them etc so it's definitely both an advantage and disadvantage to be short and tall and you just have to kind of find your way in and and kind of focus on your specific skill set
0: and forgive me asking this is is basketball something that the boys choose to do or does every boy at school do basketball at some stage
1: they do it at some point uh, because they offer it for PE lessons there's always a rotation so they try out all kinds of sports and at some point it will be for a half term for about five weeks or so it will be basketball so they all learn the basics um, whether that is in either year seven year eight year nine that that varies but in general they all come across basketball at some point but in terms of playing for a team representing the school for fixtures uh, that is not uh, in any way mandatory so that's a choice for them
0: okay right got it got it And in the time that you've been head of basketball, how have you seen that change from the day when you started doing that to here we are now in the academic year, 2023, 2024, how's that changed?
1: That has been a massive change to be honest, because when I started here the very first day, it was more like a recreational after-school kind of club. The boys wanted to play fixtures. So they joined the league called LISPA, London Independent School Basketball Association, which I have taken over um, a couple of years ago. So I'm coordinating the fixtures there and it used to be just a kind of fun club where you had your two teams your 20 boys involved and now it moved into a big big program where we have under 12s all the way through under 19s competing in national school competition organized by basketball england uh, croydon cup again Lisbon cup Lisbon league multiple friendlies junior nba for the younger ones uh, under 12s and under 13 specifically so just the numbers are through the roof at the moment the participants the leagues that we are in everything just has expanded so much and also the success obviously has has come along with that simply because you put in the work you have all these players get them interested And at some point it will pay off. And it did for us.
0: Well, it's great to see that change that's happened all the way through there. Um, Tell me why fixtures are so important for the boys then?
1: It's just something to look forward to. It's the competitive side of it. I think there are some boys who just want to train. They come to a session for fun. They are like, you know, I just want to give it a try. I want to be, do something physical and I want to be sporty. That's fair enough. But most of them, they, they crave their competition. You know, they work very hard, sometimes three, four times a week. And then they want to show off their skills and see how they fare against other teams, which makes perfect sense for me as well.
0: And then typically, which other schools do you tend to play?
1: So in our Lisbon League, it might be Dulwich College, KCS Wimbledon, Alain's, Royal Russell, Trinity, etc. in the area. But then also if it comes to junior NBA, there's a lot of Harris Academies who participate in that. So it's not um, as local anymore. And then in school, Nationals. Uh, There's usually a pool stage, which is more regional, and once you make it out of it, which we're fortunate uh, that we usually do, then it goes all the way to, for example, um, Reading or Manchester, if you make it to the national final, which happened once for us, so it could be all over the place.
0: Wow, so a bit of travel involved there as well for for the children who want to take it that far.
1: Yes, but only if you really make it further, and so usually we stay quite local, which is also convenient and makes sense.
0: Something to strive for, for sure then. Um, Clemens, you told me about how the basketball department has changed over the last few years, but how have you changed as as a coach?
1: Well, when I first came to Whitgift, I did not intend to become a basketball coach. I just kind of stumbled into this role and fell in love with it. And I'd say I struggled a little bit in the beginning to separate between being a player and being a coach because I literally had to learn how to be a coach and I had to put myself into the shoes of a young beginner who might not have much experience in basketball or might not be familiar with the terminology yet. So yeah, I had to slowly figure out how to have more efficient training sessions with a more game-based approach and more game-realistic situations. And I believe I also have become much more calm and relaxed when it comes to fixtures, just because I needed to realize that there's only so much you can influence from the sidelines and most of the work is done beforehand in training anyway. I would also say another area where I most likely changed a lot throughout the years through uh, experience and reflection has to do with my favorite basketball coach, whose name is Greg Popovich. He's a long-term and extremely successful coach in America and uh, coaches in the NBA. His approach is that, yes, when you're on the court, you give me 100% commitment, focus, and this is the most important thing right now. But then again, once the game is over, you know, the game is over and it's just a game after all. So just kind of putting everything into perspective. And his focus lies on coaching the person, not just the player. So the character behind the player and just with that came the realization that everyone is different everyone needs a slightly different um, coaching treatment and approach and that was a very valuable lesson to me because you need to get to know your players you need to listen to them and you need to find out different ways to coach different people and therefore getting the best out of them.
0: No, I love that I love that is it true that basketball in American schools is much bigger generally speaking than in UK schools?
1: yes so for me as well coming from austria i think the uk is kind of in between america and european countries for example where um, in my school i had no school basketball it was maybe a tournament once a year and it was completely random everyone who kind of wanted to play uh, may never have touched a basketball but they just they were just selected and then in America, it's exactly the opposite. It's such a focus. They don't really play for clubs outside of school as much. It's just all about school sports. That's the main thing. Um, and that's where all the the hype is and all the even the media at a higher level, etc. So I think the UK is just kind of in between where you do have your clubs, but you also have your school sports. And both are very, very important. Mm. And in America, it's just one of the, the biggest and, and most important sports in the country as well.
0: Would you like to see the UK change to be more like the American schools in that case?
1: In that sense, for basketball, it would be very helpful, of course. Yeah, it would be a massive change that. And I think there's so much potential in the UK. There have been a lot of discussions, I think, with lack of funding or lack of opportunity for UK schools and clubs, etc. I think there's so much potential for various reasons in London specifically, a very diverse, massive town with so many people, so many sports hall, and the love for basketball is immense as well. So there could be so much more done in that area to kind of take it to the next level and closer to where the US is currently.
0: And then when the boys leave Whitgift and go on to, you know, if they go on to university, for example, do they end up often playing basketball at their universities too?
1: Yes, which is a lovely thing as well. So I have one example for... um, there was a boy playing at Whitgift for the first team hockey, basketball and football and now at university he just plays basketball now because it's just what he enjoyed the most and maybe it's the most accessible for him at university etc. So I think a lot of them start playing basketball for the very first time at Whitgift and then they actually play. I wanted to even play for a club that I play for as well so I I was their coach and I, I became their teammate which was great and then Another perfect example, um, which we may touch on later on, are the old OW's. We have uh, two actually who play in the United States currently at a very, very high level uh, college level. And that is obviously the extreme here, but the standout level. But yeah, very, very proud of them. So it could go either university in England or even college level in the US.
0: And then OWs, do they come back to school from time to time as well?
1: Yes, we do have that. Most importantly, I usually host a annual event, an all-star game, where we play staff and current students against the former students. So OWs against the Whitgift uh, staff Ooh, and that students. That sounds basically. fun, that does. Yeah. <laughs> And it's been amazing. I have to say, we just did it once uh, for fun because there were some students that left and they wanted to come back, they wanted to play or join in some um, training sessions. And I just figured we have enough OW's at this point after being here for about three years or so back then to invite them to play against our current students. And then we realized there are also some staff members that I've never even spoken to who suddenly reached out and said, actually, I used to play, I want to get involved and it became such a fun game. I think the students actually won in overtime, and it was such a fantastic experience. So we keep inviting them back, and essentially we made it an annual event. Last season, we actually had to make two of them, because we now have so many OWs and so many current students, <laughs> Wow! and clashes with um, with exams, etc. So we just decided to split it into two, and we had about 25 people for each game turn up. And it's just really, really uh, beautiful moment. And I was quite uh, taken back when I saw the team photo in the end and all these people from different backgrounds, different nationalities, different age groups, and everyone just coming back in to play basketball. It was really, really lovely moment.
0: Tell me more about some of those beautiful moments. I mean, if you look back on your time as head of basketball, what would you say some of your proud, beautiful moments have been?
1: Yes, so obviously apart from the All-Star game and the connection that we still have with the OWs, We currently have the two mentioned OWs in America. Uh, That's Joshua Uduce. He used to play for the GB Youth Team's national team as well. And he just started his first year, or his third year at college, but his first year at Utah State uh, University. So it's a Division I, highest level uh, basketball team, and he's doing tremendously well there. And then the other one is Miles Alcindor, who was here all the way through his Whitgift time and was a role model, both of them brilliant personality and just the way they were helping out giving back and then also excelling on a sports level and now to see him at a current division one program near Boston and also uh, trying to get to that division one level it's just incredible to see that talent to make it to the next level and specifically with those two boys and others as well who have left the school. I'm not just proud of their sports development, but also their personal development, like their characters. Joshua just came back this year, had his first camp in the summer to uh, invite also some Whitgift students, but also external. And that was just, again, amazing to see how he did that. And on the other hand, it's just simply the number of people involved now and also parents for open morning asking about basketball, coming to Whitgift for open morning to say, I've done my research, I realized that you have a great program, and my boy wants to play basketball. Just the fact that we have put Whitgift basketball on the map, we have made it to a national final a few years back with the under-19s, something that was not imaginable a few years back. So. That was just incredible, the whole growth of the programme and the reputation that we have built up.
0: Awesome. That sounds amazing. It really does. And then tell me a little bit about the future of basketball at Whitgift. How does that
1: look? Yeah, that's definitely an interesting one because we have grown this programme so enormously with around 250 boys playing currently. Uh, We had 143 fixtures just last season alone. I might even push for a new record and play 150 this season, (laughs) which would be a bit mad. And yeah, therefore, obviously, a lot of teams in different competitions and, you know, sports hall access, staffing, very busy school calendars, and the boys busy schedules with, you know, some of them playing multiple sports, uh, it's becoming very challenging. So maybe we need to take a step back, reevaluate and see, you know, what is really important to us in terms of quantity, quality and what should we emphasize on. So, for example, I think we need to shift our focus a bit more towards the younger age groups, uh, specifically under-11 friendlies to start with, under-12, under-13, who are now, after a few years, competing in official junior NBA and cup competitions. And we have massive numbers with the younger age groups. It's uh, very, very popular. Sometimes through word of mouth, we just have 30, 40 kids turning up to a training session. And it's incredible, but we just need to see where does it all fit in. And obviously, we need uh, academic staff to help out, which they do, and I'm extremely grateful for it. We have people from other departments helping out, coaching, uh, and therefore we are able to play multiple fixtures on the same day. We are able to provide more opportunities with B-team friendlies and other things like that. So it's just a different kind of focus, whereas it used to be, you know, and the 16s and 18s need to win. So we look at success, whereas now we look at player development, at um, development for young players early on, and participation and opportunity. And with that, success will come eventually. So yeah, it's just kind of refocusing a little bit, but a very, very exciting time. And we'll continue to develop and to grow our program. And yeah, obviously national final, uh, once again, would be the goal at some point, that would be amazing.
0: Clemens, I'm keeping an eye on time. We need to bring this episode to a close. If anybody wants to find out more about basketball at Whitgift, how could they go about doing that?
1: It's the school website. You need to go on a co-curricular. It's a little bit hidden away, but or in the search engine, just look for Whitgift Basketball. And I think the easiest way, if you want to really get a glimpse of the basketball experience and the fantastic highlights that we had in the past, I produce a highlight video each year. So just YouTube, Whitgift Basketball or otherwise on the website, if you search for basketball, you'll find some information as well.
0: Excellent. Well, we'll put a link to that in the show notes for this podcast episode. But in the meantime, thank you for being here. And thank you for talking to us about basketball today. Thank you
1: very much. Really enjoyed it. Appreciate it.
0: So that was Clemens Kramer talking to us all about basketball at Whitgift. A big thank you to him for giving up the time to be with us today. Amazing to see how the sport has changed so much in the school in recent times.